The weekend just got more entertaining. It's Weekend Joe on Claves Online, driven by Munganast, St. Louis Acura. Hear from some of the big names in St. Louis and national sports every weekend. And now, here's Joe Roderick and me. I'm Andy Hanselman. And welcome on into another episode of Weekend Joe right here on ClabesOnline.com, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. Here we are, brand new intro. Oh, it's so fancy to have that plan underneath us as we uh, start things off here. I'm Joe Roderick, joined alongside, as always, by Andy Hanselman. What's going on, Andy? How are you? Joseph, I'm well. Happy Friday. Happy end of the week to you. Yeah, as uh, that's uh, we record. So we try to record every Friday night uh, and get it up to you Saturday morning. A little peek behind the curtain as I uh, as I do interviews all week long. And this week, Andy, a uh, packed show four interviews on the radio program today. Uh, We have Polo Asensio on the uh, show. We'll talk uh, we'll talk Yachty with him. And he just started a new job with LaVita Baseball, uh, doing a podcast with them. So we're going to talk to him about that. Benjamin Hockman, who uh, I recorded a podcast with him, and he's also the uh, subject of Off the Wall on Memorial Day. So not this Monday, Andy, but next Monday, Benjamin Hockman will be on the uh, on the show, uh, but he will be on the podcast today. Also, Lou Korak, we talk a little hockey, a little blues with him, and then... Um, I go back to a friend of the show now, Ricky O'Donnell, uh, formerly of SB Nation, a hoops writer, now uh, now kind of doing freelance stuff. But he's the guy that did the um, he was doing the dynasty with Western Illinois basketball team. That's uh, that's garnished a lot of attention. So he uh, we, we just chat about that for a little bit. Joe, the fact that you're bringing uh, entertainment to the masses on Memorial Day uh, speaks to your work ethic. Well, Andy, it was recorded on Thursday. It was recorded on on May 14th, and it will be posted on May 25th. So it's it's really I'm not doing much entertaining on that day. Um, somebody in the uh, somebody behind the scenes is just clicking a few buttons, and they are bringing it to everybody. That that's how podcasting works. I didn't know how that worked. That's yeah. really interesting. Ah, yeah, well, yeah. Well, then never so, mind. Your work ethic is terrible. Yeah, so that's uh, that's what we do for uh, for that. I don't know, maybe maybe you know what? Maybe I will sit down on Memorial Day and maybe I'll knock out a few this day in Cardinal histories. Maybe that's what I'll do on Memorial Day. But I'll tell you what, next weekend show too is already shaping up to be a good one. Um, we'll uh, we'll we'll probably most likely have Jay Junior on to talk about the uh, the golf with him, Tiger, Phil, Peyton, Brady. We'll probably have him on next Saturday to talk about that. I have another possible guest that I'm going to reach out to um, to promote something that they have coming up on Netflix. Howard Balzer? No, 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 no. Andy, listen. So it's somebody that has a show that is part of a show coming out on Netflix. Ooh. Yes. So I'm digging in. What? H could have a show on Netflix. H, no, no. Balzer does not, that I know of, have a show on Netflix. It's not Howard Balzer. It is not Howard Balzer. No. He could. It's not out of the realm. He could, but it is not Howard Balzer. It is somebody who has a uh, who has a. Uh, that's who I'm. I'm looking at getting for next week. 
Um, so I will, I, I have a feeling that it, it will be, it will be something I can pull off. And then I already have not scheduled for next week too. Andy, do you know who Julia Cohen is? I think we've talked about her before on the show, haven't we? Julia Cohen. Yes. The, uh, the runner, right? Yeah. So I, I reached out to her and I'm going to get her on the show next week too. Wow. We've already, uh, we've already talked about that is Andy. I'm sitting here doing the show right now. I'm, I'm shirtless doing the show right now because uh, I just got back in from a, uh, from a run. And I, I truly just didn't feel like showering or changing when I got back. Did you run topless? <clears throat> I do not run topless. No, I always uh, I do wear a shirt or yeah, I always have some some sort of garments covering me along with uh, two knee braces and one leg sleeve on my right leg for my calf. Okay. So, yeah. <clears throat> so always, uh, always doing, always covered, completely covered. Well, you know, but, and, and yeah. all I said, you know, we... You always do video on your side. We were trying to do video on my side, but it was kind of really hogging up the uh, the connection there. Right. So, so it's just you. So I just I just see you from the neck up with your with your amazing goatee mm-hmm. uh, and and your and your hair. There. Oh, there. <laughs> there you go. He posted a picture of it. I, I took a snapshot of the screen. So yeah, if uh, oh, maybe I'll <clears throat> maybe that maybe I'll show notes. It. Yeah, I'll, so I'll put that out there, and maybe I'll maybe I'll post that just how I'm uh, doing that. You see the bare wall behind me. I hate using this wall because this wall is nowhere near completed right now. When it comes to uh, when it comes to um, all of the other walls that I have down here, because I need frames for the things that are going on this wall. So you see a very bare wall compared to the wall that you see during the off the wall segments that we do uh, this past week, by the way. So Jen Langosh was our guest this past week. Did you have a chance to watch that? I did. She had a lot of really cool stuff. <laughs> she did all baseball. I mean, mostly baseball related, which you would imagine uh, seeing how she's been covering baseball uh, her, her entire adult life. Uh, so on Monday, it's Andrew Perloff, McLovin from the Dan Patrick show. He is our guest on Off the Wall this uh, this upcoming week. So who's, it'll be. Whose collection was more impressive, Jen's or McLovin's? Yeah, so it's interesting. So what you'll see with McLovin, he McLovin lives in an apartment in um, in Brooklyn. So you um, he does not. And he told me ahead of time. He's like, I don't. He goes, I have stuff that I've collected from the Dan Patrick show. He goes, but living in an apartment in Brooklyn, he goes, you really can't keep that much stuff. Yeah, he probably only has about 600, 800 square feet, if that, right. and it probably costs him three grand a month. <laughs> right, plus a wife and two kids, so uh, I, wow. I know he has a lot of stuff, and we get into it too, some of the uh, some of the stuff that he has, but it is a uh, it, it is another neat one that we have coming up for uh, for off the wall this cool. uh, upcoming Monday. So just uh, just something to look forward to coming up with. Um, with, with that and then on top of that i mean all the stuff that we have this past week that we have uh that we've put out on um on Klabe's online mike claiborne has done interviews this week with mike milberry of nbc nhl and nbc dr rick lehman clarence Gaines jr for the last dance and jeremy rutherford so a uh, a lot of stuff from from Klabe's this past week <clears throat> on Klabe's online yeah, I was checking some of it out. Of course, you know, I always check out uh, this day in Cardinal history. Yeah, yeah, those every day. I didn't every day this week, but uh, I did a couple days. Did you hear the audio we had of uh, Stan Musial's 3,000th hit this week? I did not. I missed that one. That is in uh, this week as we have uh, received permission from the uh, from the Cardinals to uh, air some of the uh, some of the clips and 
they have uh, sent some of those over to us, and we uh, we we're adding a few in here and there whenever the uh, the date actually allows it. <clears throat> so a uh, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff there on Claves on uh, on Claves online. Of course, Clarence Gaines Jr., the uh, former front office guy of the Chicago Bulls, when they won their six championships, I'm I'm upset because this Sunday, Andy, is the end of the last dance. I. I kind there there's part of me that kind of wishes now that even though the hour just flies by that they would have spread it out over 10 weeks because now there's nothing to watch next Sunday. Well, you have golf next Sunday afternoon. Right. But yeah, but for someone who's interested in the Bulls and those championships, yeah, I under I understand your frustration. Yeah. Um, I've taken the time to get caught up. I'm actually through episode 8. So I'm all ready to watch uh, episodes uh, nine and ten. I agree. I wish that they would have, uh, you know, especially during this time when there's when people when it seems like all people have is time, that they could have easily spread it out over ten weeks and uh, and, and gotten an hour episode per night. So, yeah, the um, the, the the biggest. I mean, I, I thought that seven and eight were the most emotional episodes that that we have seen so far i mean they got into michael jordan's dad and the murder of michael jordan's dad but outside of how emotional that was and the crying on the ground after winning the fourth championship and the talk of you know needing a mod rashad to tie his tie for him because he just couldn't do it at the funeral i mean he was so distraught at the funeral to do that the reaction of michael jordan when he's asked about his competitiveness and asked about, you know, the fact that he's kind of perceived as, you know, by some people is a bit of an asshole. I, I mean, you know, he, he was a mean guy as a teammate and he sits there and explains it out thoroughly as to what his demeanor was and what his mindset was behind it. But you can tell as he's saying it, it does kind of get to him. And that's the first time in the eight episodes that you saw him have to take a break from filming because he was getting so choked up in, in with emotion. Yeah, I was uh, I was not really surprised that he was <clears throat> he was chucked up, you know, choked up with that emotion because seeing I mean, talk about was just one of the toughest competitors to ever walk the earth. Um, I was talking to some coworkers about the last dance and was telling them how big of an asshole Michael Jordan was to his teammates. But the funny thing was that I think almost all of them said in the interviews taped, you know, during today's time, that they look back on it and they look back on it as a positive experience in their lives, that he was, that, of the way that he drove his teammates to, to win and to be successful. Yeah, he, uh, you know, just to hear that. And, you know, I, I've, I've talked about this. I, this is no secret when you look at, you know, when you dig into the fact that the best players of all time are rarely very good coaches. It, that And part of that is because as good as they were and as hard as they worked, part of that also is stuff came a little easier to them. And that is what helped them get over the edge of being such a, you know, an all-time great. And I would say Michael Jordan probably would have been like that too, where things came so easy to him, but he shows when he was a teammate and he was out there doing it with you, that if he was able to go out there and 
do, you know, 10 sprints down and back in under, you know, three minutes, he expected everybody to be able to do that same thing. You know, he, if he, if he was, if he gave you a task to do, he went out there and did it with you. And that truly is a sign of a, uh, of a good leader. I mean, that's something that I, I think, you know, 14 or 15 year old Joe would have loved to hear and probably would have meant a lot more than, you know, hearing it at the age of 35. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, that would, that's great advice for any kid, you know, to be able, you know, that's kind of what makes good leaders and what, and what makes you a good teammate and is what, and what makes you a good coach as well. You know, is being able to, you know, maybe as a, you know, in a managerial role, you don't really need to be able to, to do what your, what your subordinates do, but, um, being able to at least understand what they do on the time commitment and to, and to be able to delegate well and, you know, and understand their, 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 their successes and their failures and, and be compassionate to those is, uh, is, is, is a good way to be. Yeah. So, you know, watching that and seeing that in the, I, I've seen it posted, you know, ESPN, Rachel Nichols, Darren Ravel. I've seen many people post, the two minute clip of Jordan kind of getting into detail of how he, you know, how he went about it. It's, you know, if you have a, if you have a young child, if you have a child, you know, that is in those formidable years of being an athlete, play that for them, play, play that for them. And I'm sure, you know what, like I'm, I'm, if if we want to have the the Jordan De, LeBron debate here with that, I'm sure LeBron has some of that similar characteristics. I could tell you that what I have read since then is that I have seen a few articles about Kobe having those same th- those same kind of characteristics as Jordan did, where it came to I'm going to I, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk down to you. I'm going to rip you if you're my teammate and you're not doing as well as I think you should be. But on the other hand, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do exactly what I tell you to do too, that I do. I am going to hold myself to the same standards that I hold you to. And I have, I have seen that written about Kobe. You saw that with Jordan. I'm going to also assume that LeBron is, is in the similar, a similar way to that as well. Yeah, I would absolutely tend to agree that uh, if if you're gonna just knowing how those guys played the game, that if if they were holding their teammates to those standards, is because they want to live up to those standards themselves. Yeah. So uh, yeah, episodes nine and ten come out on Sunday night, so it'll be uh, wrapped up then. Another thing that uh, that came out this past week that is just it, it's tickling me so much. It is so it is so fun to see this uh, going down the way it is out in L.A. as the uh, the Rams, the Rams right now are requesting more stadium money from the league as they have requested up to $500 million in additional, in additional stadium financing because, and are seeking a doubling of the amount of time typically required to pay that back. So, right, I mean, at the beginning, it was around $300, $400 million that the Rams kind of tapped into the NFL's funding of new stadiums for that and now the 2 to 3 billion dollar project has skyrocketed to about 5 or 6 billion dollars. So Stan Kroenke is now up to asking for 900 million dollars and instead of paying that back in 15 years, 
he's asking if he can pay that back over 30 years for uh for this stan Kroenke, by the way as he is uh asking to pay a loan back over 30 years stan Kroenke is 72 years old so stan Kroenke will not be the one paying back this uh this money no he won't uh Good for uh, good for him. I'm glad that this uh, stadium project is making him fall on his face uh, and look like look like a complete and utter moron. You know, I I can you know, I'm I'm involved somewhat in the I'm I'm in the construction supply chain, if you will. Right. And projects projects always. I mean, they always run 300 percent over budget. <laughs> <laughs> Although I heard. I heard that it was because of that they had to do a bunch of earthquake mitigation stuff on the, the stuff then it, it cost just a fortune to do it. So, but the fact, you no, know, and here's, here's what I'll say, but makes me sick about it too, Joe, is that this money that where, where Stan is borrowing, I think it's called the G, the NFL G4 fund. Yeah. That uh, was not going to be available to, uh, to the St. Louis uh, ownership group. Well, the St. Louis ownership group, I mean, they had asked for, you know, they had, they had mentioned that they wanted, I think it was around $300 million in funding. Right. So that's, you know, and, and they were told, oh, that's, that's unheard of to ask for $300 million, you know, but now Stan Kroenke's asking for $900 million. Almost a billion, almost a fifth of the cost right. of the stadium. 20%, 20%. Yeah. It's uh, and then on top of that, I mean, the governor of California, it's looking like I mean, they're they're not going to uh, be able to have fans in the stadium or maybe not have sports at all where there's talk of possibly the Rams and the Chargers playing in Vegas to start the season in September while the 49ers would play down in Arizona. So (laughs) you have I mean, it is absolutely and saying that you they have this, you know, six billion dollar stadium that nobody is going to be using once it finally gets filled. I hadn't heard that yet, Joe. I'm just I'm I'm kind of shocked. So both them and the Chargers would go play in the Raiders new stadium in Las Vegas. That's that is the that is one of the contingency plans right now if California would not allow sports to be played in their state. Would they have NFL games on Saturday? <clears throat> I mean, how are you going to how are you going to have three teams share one stadium? I, I mean, you that's the thing. You well, obviously all three teams wouldn't be playing there at the at the same week. They would, you know, they'd be able to when the, with the schedule already out, I, I haven't looked that in depth on it, but I'm going to guess the Rams and the Chargers are not playing at home the same weekend at all. And if they were, it would be a Sunday Monday deal when they were uh, when they would play there. So you would at least not run into that in Vegas. But yeah, you'd have to make games Monday or Saturday to be able to get around it. Yeah, and then the Niners going down to play in uh, in Phoenix, huh? That that would be one of the other ideas, yeah. That they would they would get out of the state of California and they would go play in a in a different state. So we have a dome here; they can come play here, right? I, I mean, that's you know, bring bring on the Chargers. We we you know we were able to sell forty thousand tickets for Battle Hawks. I bet we could. Uh, bet we could fill a few for. I God, I don't even know who the. I think Tyrod Taylor's the quarterback of the Chargers now. I maybe I think. I won't even pretend to know. 
I, I want I, I got us, Andy. I think they're going with Tyrod Taylor. I think that's their. Uh, I think that's who they're going with this year. Well, let me get on my Google machine here. <laughs> yeah, because Philip Rivers is the char is the quarterback of the uh, Indianapolis Colts now. So he's uh, he's moved on. He's taken his uh, fifteen children and they've moved to uh, middle mid America. So I, I don't I don't know who. Uh, I, I I'm gonna guess the Chargers are going with Tyrod Taylor because they haven't signed Jameis Winston. They didn't because uh, Jameis Winston signed with the Saints. Cam Newton's still out there, and I don't know if the Chargers uh, signed a quarterback. I mean, maybe we should start paying more attention to this in case the uh, Chargers do come here to St. Louis to play their games. Who will be the Chargers quarterback in 2020? Uh, Justin Herbert. <clears throat> the Los Angeles Chargers took Justin Herbert. They did. With the sixth pick of the, <clears throat> the Oregon the quarterback. They did. Yes, you're yeah. right. Oh man, I'm I I watched the draft and I saw that and I completely forgot about it. Oh, I feel like a dunce for that one. I should have known that. I, I really should have uh, should have known that. So Tyrod is their backup. I guess I would I would guess or maybe you know maybe they they let uh, Tyrod start and they see how uh, Justin Herbert does. I I don't uh, I don't know so. Oh, well. And hey, I think pay attention. I want to say to our listeners, to uh, fans of Claves Online, pay attention to social media, because I think Claves and I this week are going to start doing something on Mondays, uh, live live video on uh, on Mondays. Um, now that we have all of that kind of figured out, I did a live video with uh, Animal on, was it, did I do it on Wednesday? I think I did it on Wednesday. I think I did a live video with Animal Wednesday afternoon because he was the subject of the Dark Side of the Ring episode on uh, on Tuesday. So we did a live video, which is now available on YouTube and in podcast form for the uh, Water Rush podcast page. <clears throat> so, so what are you? Yeah. What are you? Claims going to do? How about a little tease? A little tease? I just you know, just talking about uh, just sports stuff. Just a little Monday lunch with uh, with Claims. Uh, that's that's pretty much what it's going to be. Well, I like it. Are you guys gonna are you guys gonna actually have lunches available? I don't know yet. You know what? This is this is one of those things that you get sponsored, Andy. This is one of those that once yeah. the restaurant business opens back up and once they are thriving again, that's when you find a sponsor and you say, "Hey, hey, pal, eat us lunch." Yeah, well, send us some lunch. We'll come. We'll come. We'll come to your place and have some lunch. I would do that. Absolutely. I could set up a few cameras. We'll get like a multi-camera shot going of the two of us. You know, it's part of the YouTube algorithm. Uh, they, yeah. they they really like multi uh, multi camera shots, different angles. Really? Oh yeah, that's a big deal to them. That'll oh. get you, that'll get you more views, Joe. Well, I'd I'd have to figure out how to do all that. Just another thing, I've, I Andy, I'm telling you what, man, I've been trying to figure out this Photoshop thing, and it is so defeating and frustrating. It uh, unreal. So I've been using Photoshop since about 1995. Mm -hmm. I would say that my skills are that of a, like if I'm really assessing them, I can, I can maneuver my way around and fix stuff up. Uh, but like trying to create something new in Photoshop, I'm probably a beginner. It's that difficult to use. Really? It's really hard, but it's also just, it's not really designed for creating. It's designed for editing. Mm. See the it graphic looks... stuff I have down. Like I am I, the graphics. I I am nailing the graphic stuff uh, with that. But you know, it's the um, yeah. 
I, I, I can't, I can't figure out Photoshop for anything. What are you trying to do in Photoshop? I don't know. Just make pictures that look good. Okay. Yeah. Like, like take an existing picture and make it look good. Like maybe merge two pictures together and make it look like they're like the same picture. That's really hard to do. Right. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Watch some YouTube videos on how to do it. There's got because there's got to be shortcuts and, and filters that'll help. Or what, what do they call them? Plugins, I think. I, mean, I don't plugins. know. I'm just yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to work layers right now. Yeah. Like, how'd the guy make the Larry and Doug Vaughn picture? Make it look so good. Yeah. Did that face swap perfectly. Right. There's, there's people out there smarter than me when it comes to this. So, oh, well, you know what I could do? I could uh, I could record interviews and I can play them. And that's exactly what we're about to do here on Weekend <laughs> Joe. A full list of guests coming up for you. We're going to start things off uh, right after the break with Polo Asensio. He is first up on Weekend Joe. Following that, we have uh, Benjamin Hockman, Lou Korak, and Ricky O'Donnell. And then we'll be back with some crack slippers to wrap things up. So a very entertaining, I'm going to guess, roughly two hours of a show again as uh, we, uh, we strive to entertain you right here on Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. And hey, the, uh, the folks at Munganass St. Louis Acura, they are, uh, well, if you're a healthcare worker or a first line uh, or a first responder, they are looking to help you through July 6th, $750 towards cap cost reduction or down payment assistance with the lease or purchase of a new, not previously reported, sold 2020 or newer Acura model to qualified first responders and healthcare professionals when financed or leased through Acura Financial Services. Uh, $750 towards a new, two, uh, new 2020 Acura for first responders and healthcare professionals they are here for you at Munganass St. Louis Acura. Go to their websites or give them a call to speak to a St. Louis Acura representative for more information. We will uh, take our first break on the other side. Our full list of interviews coming up right here on Weekend Joe. Driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura on ClavesOnline.com. Recent events have shown that life can turn in an instant. This has caused many people to realize that estate planning is essential. The Inskip Law Firm is here to help with everything from trust and wills to power of attorney, deeds, and probate. They have systems in place to service your needs without having to have an in-person consultation, flat fees so that you know what you're paying ahead of time, and they make the whole process easy. Call now, 314 818 0344. Just a quick chat and you decide together what services are right for your situation. That's the Inskip Law Firm. I-N-S-K-I-P. And remember, the choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertising. Hey, and welcome back in. It's Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, here exclusively on ClavesOnline.com. It's been a while since we've talked to this man 
our amigo from the St. Louis Cardinals, and now a brand new job. He is Polo Asensio, and he's joining us uh, here on the show. Polo, my man, what's going on? I, uh, Joe, I like the way you say Munganas. What? Is it, mung- is it, is it yeah. Munganas? Munganas, yes. The is sponsor. That a, is, is that a last the, name? Yes, Dave Munganas, the owner what, what, of, uh, of Munganas. Where's Manganas from? What, is it Polish or is it Polish? Like, uh, I European? don't. I don't deal with uh, with the big man. I uh, I deal with our friend Jamie. Uh, but next time I talk to Jamie, maybe I'll ask him, or maybe no. Jamie will listen to this and he'll no. he'll shoot me a text and he'll uh, he'll let me know because I know I, Jamie listens to these shows and because we, yeah, uh, let, let me t- let me just tell you why because you know we we hear so many different things right we like like your last name like Joe Rodrig I mean. I mean, you're 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 American. You're you're you know. You're, obviously, you probably for somewhere in Europe, there's a road rig like it sounds yeah. Irish, right? You, I mean, I'm pretty sure you're from right around there. Um, now, I, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say it's it's. I, I want to say I, I don't know the. It's more I think English Welsh. I think is the the last name. But on Irish. my dad, yeah, my dad's side, there is the uh, there's. I think it's Swedish uh, on my dad's side as well, and there is probably a little bit of that Irish. But I am I'm fifty percent Polish. That oh, is okay. uh, that is my 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 mother's maiden name is Maslinkowski. So okay. that is yeah, that's a, as Polish as it gets with a last name like that. So. But but yeah, and as we as we talk about heritage, it's a good way to transition into your new job with Levita ba- <laughs> with uh, Levita Baseball that uh, that you just started a podcast this week on Levita Baseball, and uh, we we've talked to people from there I know uh, in the past and uh, discussed uh, what they are doing with the game of baseball and how they cover it, and basically. They, you know, there are so many Latino players in the game, and they are doing a great job of emphasizing that, as you and Benji have done the past few years with the uh, Spanish broadcast. It's it's been a good uh, a good situation for for yours truly uh, with the, with La Vida Baseball. Uh, the first time that uh, that uh, I did stuff for them, I was writing, and then they even <laughs> they even trust me enough to give me their their Instagram handle. To basically handle their account a couple of times when I was in Puerto Rico with the uh, Yadier Molina uh, Foundation event, I took over La Vida Baseball. So I've done it a couple of times for them, and and I, I you know I, I I created I I, uh, I uh, have developed a very good re- relationship with with the powers that be at, at La Vida Baseball, and uh, yeah, like you said, this this time around we're doing a a podcast that uh, they're gonna turn it into a audio podcast. But it's recorded as a video show or, or as a TV show, let's say like that. Um, it's broadcast every Thursday, one o'clock New York time. It's in Spanish. It's myself, Polo Asensio, with two guys that love baseball. One of them, he has played uh, baseball for over 14, 15 years now in the Mexican leagues. His name is uh, Jesse Castillo, MVP a couple of times, rookie of the year in the winter ball. He's played in Mexico. He's played in, in uh Dominican Republic, Venezuela. He even had a chance to be uh, signed by a couple of teams in, in, uh, from the big leagues when he was younger. But, you know, back in the day, it was really hard to sign players from Mexico because there was a lot of, uh, a lot of hands putting, a lot of hands trying to get a piece of the cookie. And I'm talking about uh, Mexican uh, baseball leagues and, and presidents and owners, not, not MLB. So, you know, 
due to that uh, uh, situation with, with uh, the team that owned his rights back when he was a young kid. He never really made it even to minor leagues here, but he has the talent to, to have done something. So his name is Jesse Castillo. And then next to us, there's a guy, but, but his, name is, uh, his name is Pliego Villarreal. And he is uh, one of the best uh, uh, bass players you can find. To me, the best Mexican bass player right now. And he, he, he is uh, part of a band uh, called Kinky, but he also plays with a bunch of other bands, uh, like in doing uh, collabs and things like that. He has played with Pearl Jam, with Red Hot Chili Peppers. So he, he's done it. He, he's been all around the world playing uh, music. And, and uh, to give you guys an idea, if you've ever seen the, the, the movie uh, Book of Life uh, about, what, four or five years ago, uh, every time... Um, the character by the name of Joaquin, one of the heroes of the movie, comes out. There's a song. A song starts, and it's nothing but bass. Well, it's my homie, Plego Villarreal, playing that music. So he's done music for, for movies, for uh, NCSI, SUV, New York, and all those, uh, those shows. So now when you put a musician, a ball player, and myself that, you know, I'm, I'm just crazy about baseball, talking about baseball and nonsense you get a really good combination of, of a lot of uh, interesting quotes, interesting uh, uh, ways of, of, of enjoying the game of baseball, and not so much what's happening right now, but what has happened in the game of baseball. We will find uh, uh, interesting notes, like, you know, the craziest trades. Uh, I know Pliego, he has a podcast. He likes to talk about mustaches and beards and names of, of uh, weird uh, names of players. So... It's, it's interesting. It's cool. And if you want to watch it, I get, like I said, it's in Spanish, 100% in Spanish. Uh, it lives on La Vida Baseball's uh, Facebook account and also on, on their YouTube and my, my Twitter and my Instagram. You can find the links. And, and you know, it, it, just, it's, it is giving me something to, uh, to keep busy uh, this times when uh, sometimes when we have a lot of time and we get into trouble, not so much trouble with the law, but trouble with with uh, peace of mind, with, uh, you know, just, just uh, trying to be relaxed and, and, and entertain ourselves. Like you were talking to me, you know, you, you, you created a couple of franchises on, on, uh, on Wii Sports or whatever you, you're playing, PS4, whatever you guys play nowadays. So we need to find a way to do something while we wait for our bread and butter, not only talking about business, but also that our summer life, that it's baseball now. Yeah, the name of the show, I'm going to try to read. I'm going to try to tell me how bad I messed this up. Povara, Voz, and Diamante, which translates to Gunpowder, Voice, and Diamond. That's so, right. Uh, which one are you? I am the voice. Okay, you're the voice. I wasn't voice. sure with, with the musician there. I wasn't sure if he yeah. got to be the voice. No, because so, he, he plays, he plays the, right. the, 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 the bass, so he's not a singer. And is he Gunpowder? He is Polvora. Yeah, Polvora, and he got that he got that uh, nickname when he was a kid because he farted a lot. So, oh. <laughs> so, so his friends started calling him Polvora, but now it sounds cool because it's gunpowder, like boom, you know. <laughs> so, so he is Polvora, uh, La Voz. Uh, that's me. Uh, Benji Molina uh, gave me that nickname, and at first I didn't like it, but then I'm, you know what? I'm just gonna embrace it, and I'm gonna say yes, I am La Voz, and Jesse Castillo, Diamante Diamond, because. You know, he has played in many, many uh, diamond fields all over the place uh, talking about baseball. So, yeah, that's that's the name of the show, man. We have our Instagram. We have our Twitter going. 
and it's a lot of fun. I, I enjoy it, and, and like I tell a lot of people, I do a lot of interviews. Like I've been with you a, a few times. I've been with uh, every single radio station in, in San Luis doing English, and not a lot of Spanish. So to me, this is really refreshing to actually be able to to tell the story and to to talk in my my native language uh, in Espanol. Yeah. So I, I don't want to get into the. <laughs> to to the owners and players and the back and forth that we're seeing right now, because it, quite frankly, we don't know what's don't. going to happen with that no. at the uh, at the moment, especially right now as we are sitting here and recording this. But Yadier Molina has uh, made some headlines the past few weeks now with some things he said. You have a very uh, good relationship with Yadi, a very close relationship with his brother. Uh, let's let's go first to the one where he kind of went back on something he said in spring training where he talked about wanting to retire a Cardinal. And now that's kind of changed. He's changed his tune a little bit and maybe it is because of COVID-19 and this being a shortened season, but he had said that if the Cardinals don't want him back, there is a good possibility that he plays elsewhere. Could you imagine Yadier Molina not in a Cardinal uniform? No. And that, and that was part of our, our show last, last week. Not so much about Yadi with a different uniform, but franchise players. Players that play in one team and actually make an impact, right? Because uh, you can be a, a player, a role player that plays with one team for 10 years and don't really have uh, big numbers or championships or things like that. I'm not taking anything away from anybody who has a career like that because, you know, props to them. But like Yadi, you know, he's been with the Cardinals 14, 15, 16, 17 years, counting all of his years with, in the minor leagues. And he has won it all. He, he, he's won everything with the Cardinals. So um, a player like that, you don't want to see him trade uniforms. Uh, a player like Carl Ripken, like Tony Gwynn, guys like that, that you don't want to see them trade uniforms. And we have a great example here in, in San Luis with Albert Pujols. You know, nobody thought that he was going to be playing somewhere else. And even though he is wearing red and the, and the Angels and the Cardinals uniforms are very similar, he is not with the Cardinals. So... That, that's one thing that you don't want to see. A player like that, uh, after so many years of, of, of being the face of the franchise, to move on. Um, with Yadi, I think, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a sign of the times. And uh, what I'm talking about is the sign of, of we don't really have a lot, a lot to talk about. And, and, and I'm not saying you and I. I'm just saying, you know, people grab, grabbed it and they are running with it. He doesn't want to go anywhere. He wants to stay in San Luis. I know this. He has told me. Uh, he has told many, many times he doesn't want to go anywhere. Um, before the, the, the COVID stopped the uh, baseball season, let's, just, let's not forget that the Cardinals and, the, and, and uh, Yadi's camp, uh, MDR, sports management, they were talking about a, a, an extension. And they, they already had numbers in place, numbers at the table. Yadi was studying. His, his uh, agent, Melvin, was studying the numbers. So a signing was pretty much imminent, I want to say. Once this stops, everything has to stop. Everything has to stop. Uh, there's no transactions. Everything uh, freezes. So what are we going to talk about? Well, we know that Yadi likes to play. We know that he takes really good care of his body. And, and you know what, Joe? Um, I don't like the fact that a lot of people, and obviously Twitter, there's a lot of uh, a lot of us are idiots sometimes when we're on Twitter, you know, hiding from uh, from uh, from from our, our 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 icon or our fake picture or whatever. And a lot of people, oh well, he can leave. Oh, we don't want him anymore. Oh, he's old. You know what? 
at 37 years old last season, he still was the, in the final three for the gold glove. You know, mm-hmm. with, with, with the bat, he had a really good season with the bat. And we all know that one of the things with Yadi, oh, well, he's, he's never been a great offensive player. Well, maybe he doesn't hit 25 home runs. He doesn't hit 290, 300, but he's clutch. He's a clutch player. And let's not forget, you know, game four of the, uh, of the NLDS last season, he can clutch. You know, he can clutch twice. So, yeah. come on. You know, you don't need a, a, a 20, 25, 27-year-old uh, 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 smasher to come in and, and hit home runs when you cannot control your, uh, your defense behind the plate. So, I don't like that, man. When, when people start saying, oh, well, he can leave, I don't think he can. I don't think he wants to. And seriously, I don't think he's going to. He said what he said because he wants to keep playing, and he didn't say, well, if the Cardinals don't sign me, I'm gone. I, I don't want to be here. No. He said, if they don't sign me, I will, I will test free agency, which means now the Cardinals will have rivals in the free agency. Right now, they, are, they own me or they own my attention. Once the season is over, if, if I'm not signed with them, then I will listen to other, uh, to other conversations. But that doesn't mean that he wants to go anywhere. And, and seriously, I don't think he's going anywhere. The, 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 it will be foolish for anybody to think that he is going to leave. What he's going to do, he's going to sign a, 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 a contract that's going to pay him uh, good money. I, I'm not saying he's going to ask for $20, $20 million a year, like the money he's making right now. But, you know, he, again, he's still a quality, a quality catcher. And there's not a lot of really good catchers out there last time I checked. And he, he did, and that kind of goes on to my next point, is he went on to, uh, to be quoted this past week with, uh, was it, um, was it uh, Marley Rivera? He had yeah. an interview with her yeah. where he said he wants to be known as the greatest catcher of all times. You are a, uh, you are a baseball historian, Polo. And I, I got to ask where you think, and I, I want you to remove that, that friendship to the Molina family right now. I want you to remove that from, uh, from this answer. Where do you think Yachty ranks right now? And if he is not number one, who is in front of him? Well, every time you talk about catchers, you, and as long as there's a Johnny Bench, there's a Johnny Bench, right? I mean, I'm not saying that Yachty doesn't have what it takes to be the the best catcher ever. But one thing is um, he's going to be short in seasons, you know, because as much as he has played, he's going to be short in some seasons. And, and the one thing, let's say, let's compare him with, with Pudge Rodriguez. Pudge played a lot of games in the American league <clears throat> and he, he did a, he did a few games uh, in the DH position. So he has a lot of numbers that are DH that count as to him as a whole. Uh, I'm talking about Ivan Rodriguez. Now, is Yadi the best catcher ever? I don't know. But is he up there, top five at least? Yes. You know, top five at least, he is. He is top five. Anybody that knows about baseball and knows about catching needs to understand that Yadi is up there, at least top five, if, if not top three. And yes, you know, Johnny Bench, Pastor Rodriguez, just because what they did, and those two guys did it, behind the plate, and also were good hitters. Now, with Yadi, he's done it behind the plate, and he is a very decent good hitter. Not, you know, not the power numbers like, like Mike Piazza, but let's not forget Mike Piazza couldn't catch. You know, like, he, he was a catcher by trade, 
because he they just couldn't find a place to put him. And that bat, with a very decent uh, defense, put him in the Hall of Fame. So, Yadi, that glove with a very decent bat is going to end up in the Hall of Fame. And once you get in the Hall of Fame, you're one of the best ever. Is he going to be the best ever? I don't know if he has, uh, if he has the, the, the time left to, to pile on those numbers. If he plays three more seasons, do I see three more gold gloves? I do, because that's the way he works. But, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see where he ranks at the end of his career. And, and, uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun for all of us to see those final seasons because as, as one, uh, one player comes, uh, his career comes to an end, they tend to relax a little more, to let the, the other guys play a little more. And that's what I've seen from Yadi. From a fan before I start working with San Luis to now being close and seeing him a lot more than before, I can see that now he is enjoying the games a lot more. He's enjoying himself a lot more. He's enjoying his family a lot more. And, and maybe, you know, maybe I'm just I'm just talking because I, I just I'm, I'm pretty new in San Luis, but I see him even with the fans. He is allowing the fans. He's allowing himself to enjoy the fans a lot more than when he was a young, hard-nosed, hard-ass, you know, all balls out uh, uh, ball player. He still does all of that, but I think he understands that the, the, the love of the fans is very um, important. And last season, when Albert Pujols came back, I think that changed Yadi a, a lot. Seeing what the fans did to Albert, to somebody that he considers his, his brother, I think that 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 pretty much put the stamp on on Yadi's career with St. Louis, and that's why I don't think that he's going anywhere. I, I really don't. It, it will have to be a disaster uh, for 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 uh, for a uh, franchise player and a historic player like Yadi to go anywhere else with two, maybe three more years, uh, you know, uh, to play baseball. So, um, is he the best ever? I don't know. Is he top five? Yeah, no doubt about it. Polo, man, we need baseball back. We we need it back <laughs> really bad. And yeah, that way you and I can have these chats every single day on Klabe's Online yep. like we had planned to do so. Yep. And you could be driving around in your car from Munganass Acura. Munganass. Munganass. And uh, to and from Bush Stadium to go call the games. We We need baseball back in a bad way, don't we? We do, man. We do. I was talking to my to my wife yesterday here at home in California where we live. And, and um, you know, we were talking about it and we were talking about Polvora, Voz y Diamante, the, the new show on, on La Vida Baseball. And, uh, you know, I was talking about, yes, Jesse Castillo, the, 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 the ball player. They're not playing baseball in Mexico right now. And those guys are not getting money. And, and I was talking to my wife about that and she's like, that's right, there's baseball in Mexico. I'm like, yes, there is baseball in Mexico. And she's like, oh, my God, so all those guys are not making money? I'm like, the players are making some money, but the announcers and everybody else that works around the, the, the game of baseball, I doubt they're making any money. And, and, and uh, that's, that's hitting, it's hitting worldwide. And I think now, um, by the way, I, I, I respect Korean baseball. There's a lot of talent up there, but I just cannot get into it. I can't. I don't, I don't know why. I just cannot get into it. Uh, but I think uh, all that. And MLB watching that uh, and looking at it really, really closely, um, it's gonna it's gonna help uh, ease some minds. And I think at the end, uh, owners 
players, uh, the, the player association are going to come to a, to an agreement because the players want to play. I can tell you that I talked to, to, uh, to a few Cardinal players and they all want to play. They understand this is a business. They understand that, that uh, th this is their job. And for that same reason, they want to work. They want to make money. They want to go out there, entertain the fans. And, and that's the one thing they, they all tell me. They miss the roar of the crowd and they miss the booze of the crowds on the road. So yeah. players want to play. And, and even though most likely we won't see fans in the stands when, if we play, uh, when we play this, this upcoming season or here in 2020, but at least the, 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 the players know that people are going to be watching, people are going to be enjoying. And, and how much, I mean, if, if the, the three division, 10-team 10 10 uh, divisions are going to be in play, it's going to be crazy, man. Every 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 game is gonna count double, and and, and it's gonna be all out. I mean, I, I want to see that. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a short season filled with a lot more excitement because every single game is gonna count that much more. And, and I cannot wait to see that. It's gonna be a good experiment, and, and let's see what happens after that. And, and I'm excited about the DH and all those new rules they're gonna we're gonna have in play if. They approve uh, them, and if we we get we go back to play, and, and, and yeah, I miss it. I, I miss San Luis. I even miss you, man. I miss uh, Jim Hayes. I miss all of those annoying characters on the field. <laughs> Jim, Ben Boyd, uh, Benjamin Hawksman, uh, Mike Claiborne, all of you annoying punks. I miss you guys. I miss you so much. Heck, I even miss Fred Bird, man. I, I mean, that guy annoys <laughs> the hell out of me. But I, I miss all of that. I, I miss San Luis. I miss Adams Barbecue. I miss. Uh, Clementine's ice cream. I miss all of those guys, man. I, I cannot wait to go back and and he. Yeah, I mean, just just play ball, man. Play ball. I can't wait to see you either, Polo. Thank you so much for taking the time this afternoon, man. We will uh, talk again soon. Not a problem, Joe. And hey, everybody, stay safe out there. Stay safe, sound, and sane. Believe me, we are all suffering the same. We 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 don't want to wear masks. Wear your mask. Don't be that person. Just for your own safety and the others, wear your mask. Be nice to each other. And follow me on Instagram and Twitter, please. I need followers. <laughs> <laughs> Polo, thank you so much. Not a problem, Joe. Anytime, man. Polo Asensio there. Always fun checking up with him right here on Weekend Joe. Driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura here on ClavesOnline.com. And, uh, hey, the folks at Munganass St. Louis Acura, they're trying to make it as easy as possible right now for you to get in that new or used car. You can shop from home with Munganass St. Louis Acura. They will bring the car to you, they'll appraise your trade-in, and they will complete the paperwork all without you having to leave your home. You go to stlouisacura.com for more information on how the entire process works. And I got to say, I can't wait for baseball season to start off and get back into working more in-depth with St. Louis uh, Acura, Munganass St. Louis Acura and all of the uh, ideas that we had with them, with Polo, too, for the uh, start of Cardinal baseball season. Hey, Benjamin Hockman, he is coming up next right here on uh, Weekend Joe, so stick around and hear what he has to say on ClavesOnline.com. You're listening to Weekend Joe, now on ClavesOnline.com, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, 
Also sponsored by the Collinsville Auto Body. Collinsville Auto Body, 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville. Sponsor of, uh, well, my many shows on many different platforms for about 10 years now. Collinsville Auto Body, they'll work with most insurance providers to get you back on the road fast. That's 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville. Collinsville Auto Body. Back here on ClavesOnline.com. It's Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. As we uh, go on to our next guest here on the show today from the St. Louis Post Dispatch, he is Benjamin Hockman joining us now. What's going on, man? How are you? Well, I'm quarantined. Yeah, I can see. <laughs> we are we are looking at each other, and you look like Robin Williams in a, a dramatic role. That is uh, that is the best way to describe you. Yeah, actually, Joe. Yeah, this this beard is um, is rather thick. Uh, almost, I guess it would be a uh, Forrest Gump when he's running across the country. Yeah, uh, that's how thick it is. And I've actually, I don't know if you've seen these on on Twitter, social media. I've been doing these celebrity lookalikes uh, with my quarantine look of this long hair and the bushy beard. Obviously, my celebrity lookalikes aren't what you would call attractive celebrities. But you've got your Frodo's, you've got your Gary Sinise's as Lieutenant Dan, the aforementioned Robin Williams, rest in peace, uh, and another Forrest Gump reference, the actual Forrest Gump jogging uh and such so it's it's been fun doing those 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 photos now i know you usually do you usually have the facial hair going but as it gets longer i've noticed this this is the fir- this is the longest mine's been in forever and I, I i figured who am i seeing you know i'm not seeing anybody outside of skype and i'm not trying to impress anybody so i'm just letting it grow for now but man when you start to see that gray that's showing up in it that's just it's depressing Oh, yes. And I just turned 40 this month as well. So it's like simultaneous depressing things overtaking my being. Yeah. The hair, I don't mind. The hair, you know, whatever. But it's when you see it in the goatee and you're just like, God. And (laughs) and then you just start to realize just how old you are and you, you start to think about those type of things. So you, you know, right now, I mean, you know, we I talked to other guests this week and we're talking, you know, a year ago. You're right in the middle of a Blues playoff run, and you, it's May, you know, middle of May. So you have Cardinal baseball, and now you're you're just sitting there with your memories with, with stuff and trying to come up with content to to write about. So uh, what what I mean, how are you going about that? How are the creative juices flowing for you? I, I look at it as a as a as a challenge that I a fun challenge even uh, to come up with content that's worth being in the post dispatch that's worth sharing with our readers and as a columnist I of course write about all the teams all the and I throw in my own opinion a lot and there's some commentary but there's also just some fun storytelling and I've just tried to provide a variety of different things everything from some coronavirus related columns such as a uh, Former Missouri basketball starting center T.J. Soyoye is now a doctor, and he was literally uh, treating COVID-19 patients in Georgia. Uh, so telling that story, and I interviewed Tim McCarver just the other day, and he he's always told this story. It was kind of touching because he always talks about how important his grandchildren are to him. So I wanted to touch base with him about not being able to be around his grandchildren and kind of use him as the um, – 
as the focal point of the column, but obviously it's a relatable thing for most of the readers. Either you are a grandparent or you, you have a grandparent or had one. And uh, yeah, the, the whole thing there with the emotions and, but also just having a bunch of fun with some stories that are lighter as well. Um, everything from the Michael Jordan documentary is, is, is huge right now. So much fun. So I interviewed Michael Jordan, the CBC president here in St. Louis, this guy named Michael Jordan, and he had some fun <clears throat> stories. So every, you know, everything from something that'll make you cry to something that'll make you chuckle. You, you're a big NBA guy, uh, as am I, and you've gotten to cover the NBA over your, your years. Do you have a Michael Jordan, the real Michael Jordan story? Have you ever gotten to talk to him or did you ever see him play when you were younger? Great question. Uh, I was lucky my dad, uh, he drove, he got tickets for one of the uh, Christmas games. I think it was, you know, 92, 93, something like that against New York. And I actually like Patrick Ewing a lot. So that was, it was fun for numerous reasons, but we went up there and Michael took over and the Bulls won at, at Chicago Stadium. But um, I was, in my first year as a professional journalist was 2002 and the Washington Wizards were coming to town. And the way I was actually, it was a really neat story that I was assigned. Follow me on this. It's got like seven things in once. But um, the 2003 Final Four was going to be in New Orleans. And, uh, and I was writing for the New Orleans paper. And Michael Jordan hit his famous shot in New Orleans in 1982. It was also the same game where Fred Brown uh, accidentally passed the ball late in the game to a player on Michael Jordan's North Carolina team kind of sealing the deal. I don't know if you know that story. It's this very embarrassing moment in sports history. It happened after Jordan hit his shot. Long story long is that I was given the assignment of doing like the look back of that game. And they gave me a lot of space in the newspaper. And I'm like, well, goodness gracious, if Michael Jordan himself is coming to town for Wizards versus Hornets 2002, I'll go interview Michael Jordan about New Orleans and coming back and how he was here. I guess it would have been 20 years ago um, with the math and, and, uh, and it worked out well. I, I got to ask him a question and you know, I was super nervous and uh, it was super awesome. Yeah. And I mean, I've, I've had instances like that where you get a chance to ask somebody, uh, you know, somebody who is very, I guess, wanted as far as an interview goes and if you get that one question that you know is going to be different than everything else they've had, they've been asked, they really kind of dial in on that and they actually like talking about it. So I'm sure yeah. you got a lot to talk about with that, too. Totally. Yeah. Good point, Joe. And the only other uh, Jordan interaction was um, he's friends with Derek Jeter. And at a Cardinals spring training game in 2019, Michael Jordan and Derek Jeter sat in the owner's box of the Marlins Cardinals spring training game. And um, I believe Ahmad Rashad was there too. I feel like he's everywhere. He's, he is, does he live with Michael and his wife? Like what's <laughs> Ahmad Rashad just has this like interesting life. He's just everywhere with Michael. And, um, but anyway, uh, they, I went out, I, I want, I just want to see the guys I went out in the hallway where they were going to walk out when they left. And I was, I couldn't decide if I should say something that would be like so ridiculous that maybe it's funny or just not say anything at all. And I, you know, I was thinking about making like a, uh, I, I don't even, I, I don't remember what it was, Joe, but maybe something like a Judd Bushler reference or like, like, Hey man, you like something like, like, 
So you you know Judd Boosler, right? Or something <laughs> like that. And I played it out in my head. I've had a few moments in my life. Actually, my life is basically just stories of me uh, chickening out on saying something ridiculous to celebrities. Um, Will Smith once came to the Denver Post for an interview. He was there, and I had just been hired, and all the reporters were waiting by the elevator as he was leaving. And I knew I should have done this. I should have done this. I was going to go, Yo, home, smile later! And it would have been funny. I know it would have been funny. Will Smith would have laughed. He would have come over and shaken my hand. But I had just been hired there, and I was—I didn't want to like—I didn't want it to backfire. All the people, like the new guy, just yelled something we don't know at Will Smith. So anyway, I missed out on the Judd Bushler. I missed out on the uh, Will Smith, uh, the Michael Jordan Judd Bushler, and uh, also in, I think it was right around 2001, 2002. I had a chance to meet my idol Jerry Seinfeld. He was signing autographs for everybody outside the David Letterman Theater. I was right there. I had my dad take a picture on our, uh, what do you call those, like disposable oh, yeah. cameras. So it was like me, air quotes, and Jerry in the photo, Jerry Seinfeld. And, but I was going to be like, everyone was going, Jerry, 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 trying to get his autograph. And I was like, I'm going to yell, Steve, Steve, just like this random name. And either he'll think it's funny because it's so ridiculous or he'll think that I thought he was Gutenberg. But either way, <laughs> it would have just like paused the moment and then maybe I could have gotten his autograph. Didn't do that. So I missed out on Jordan, Will Smith, and Seinfeld. You see, you, you're going to be jealous of me, I think, for this because you, you know, writing for these well-known newspapers – you have to kind of take a professional route and be sure. somewhat professional where I've gotten to just kind of screw around a lot in radio over the past 10 years. And I've had probably similar opportunities where I'm able to actually go and, you know, attack those opportunities. Like I, Let's hear I it. what do you got? Yeah, I'm big on like the selfies, getting the selfies and it's just real quick selfies with guys. And I've kind of perfected, opening my phone up to the selfie, knowing where it has to be and grabbing that picture really fast where I, I have a picture with Ryan Reynolds and met him on radio row at one of the super bowls. And I had already passed up an opportunity to interview him. I was given the choice. My choice was, and, so you tell me which way, because I know that you're going to agree with me in the end on this. I was given the opportunity. I was given three options. I could either <laughs> interview Olivia Munn, I could interview Ryan Reynolds, or I could interview at the same time uh, Jeff Goldblum, Liam Hemsworth, and uh, Bill Pullman. The the third option was all three of those guys. All together? three of them at once. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I don't know if like if I was single, maybe I would have gone Olivia Munn just for the chance of maybe who knows. Right, but. But it sounds like getting three and one is, is hard to pass up. Yeah. So, and it was Jeff Goldblum. I needed, I, I, that's the one I figured that would be the best interview. So that's who I went with. Mm -hmm. The table next to me was from Winnipeg. So the next day they had Ryan Reynolds on their, their show. And I stood there, sat there the whole time. And I was like, okay, he's right here. He's next to me. 
I'm getting a picture with him. I'm going to get a picture with him. And like during the interview, I went and stood behind him and I actually had Ben Boyd at the time, take a picture of me standing behind Ryan Reynolds. And (laughs) just to, just in case, I mean, that was the backup plan. But as soon as he stood up, as soon as he stood up, I walked right up to him, had the phone ready. And I was like, Ryan, quick pick. And I took the picture. And then he asked me if he could see it because he goes, I got to make sure I look good. And I told him, I said, Ryan, you always look good. (laughs) And then, told him that I loved him in the proposal. So that was, you know, a, a quick little moment I had with uh, with him at the time. But I've done that. Yeah, I've done that with so many celebrities, mostly at Super Bowl events, to mm-hmm. where it's just a quick interaction. You get the picture, you say something stupid, and you move on. But I don't, I don't have to be as professional, I feel like, as you do. That's fair. No, and that, that's why exactly a lot – like – Exactly. Uh, however, the Seinfeld scenario as a college senior, you know, I, 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 I ruined everything. I, I had, he was right there, right there. <laughs> so as you're, as you're going on here and you're still coming up with content to post about, we, we seem like we're picking up steam on actual sports coming back with that. So when it comes to, I mean, right now we're awaiting any kind of momentum on baseball, you know, the owners have been constantly leaking out their proposed plan to play. And the players were hearing, you know, some kickback from them. How, I mean, how do you go about covering that? Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, as an actual journalist covering 2020 major league baseball, I have no idea, to be honest. Um, I don't think any of us do just yet. Um, what access or lack thereof will be granted to reporters. I assume very minimal. And uh, I I assume, unlike other years, a lot of my analysis will uh, have to be from the couch. And the difference between me and just any Cardinal guy or girl watching the game is hopefully Mosaic will answer his phone, Gersh will answer his phone. Uh, I'll be able to interview people within the Cardinals to get information, to provide context. So my columns aren't just uh, Carpenter stinks. It's like, here's some context on why Carpenter stinks. Oh, and I got him on the phone. And I also talked to hitting coach Jeff Albert on the phone about why is hitting, you know, hopefully we'll be able to still do journalism uh, through our phones. Um, But I don't know how, how few or how many reporters will be allowed uh, at the games and will there be a post-game press conference? But yeah, that, that from a journalism standpoint, of course, it's, it's really interesting what, what will happen in the near future and in the far future. What have, uh, what have you been doing or watching on your own during, during this to kind of keep, uh, keep yourself entertained? Well, um, sports and no sports or just sports? A- anything, just uh, whatever. I mean, cause honestly, sports wise, the only thing I'm watching is Big Cat from Barstool playing NCAA on a Twitch. That's, that's <laughs> been the extent of me watching sports. Sure. Um, I've watched a lot of soccer documentaries. I find those fascinating. I've watched, I mean, I think the thing that's most interesting to both you and me and maybe some of the listeners is uh, The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary, which is is so fascinating on so many levels. Um, and so I've devoured that. I, I mean, su- Sunday night is like, it's like a, it kind of feels like, like growing up when you were like waiting for your favorite TV show to come on in the nineties or something. And, you know, you, you had to wait for it coming on and, and the anticipation 
so that's been a lot of fun. I watched the Hip Hop Evolution, a 16-part documentary on Netflix about the history of hip hop. It's stupendous. I highly recommend it. Um, yeah, and, and Mrs. Maisel. Mrs. Maisel, she's funny. <laughs> Yeah, that's I, I and it it sucks that you know Sunday night we're done we're we're done with the the Bulls documentary I I don't know if they're gonna make a bonus episode or I you, you kind of wish I mean that hour just flies by and then you're right. suddenly in hour number two I almost wish is you know if I would have taken that one hour ten weeks in a row if they if if I would have been fine with that instead of a two hour event but you know we're we're gonna watch it on on Sunday and uh, it's you know it it sucks that that's going to be done and over with and the story will be told. Yeah. Yeah. What a ride it's been though. I've learned so many things. I've, I'm sure you have too. We've seen so much footage we'd never seen before finding out a lot about these, these people from our past uh, perspectives and everything. It, it's really just been a, f- a fun ride. And, you know, like it kind of reminds me of, I, I believe uh, like in the late 1970s, a lot of TV uh, stations, the networks would air uh, mini series. Um, there was one called The Holocaust, starring a young Meryl Streep. Uh, of course, Roots is the most famous one, um, and other uh, mini series, The Thornbirds. And my, what I'm getting at is like there were so few options on television, and these were billed as such big, grand television productions that the whole dang country watched. And then, and it was each Sunday or each Friday or whatever it was. So then the next week, all people were talking about was roots from the previous week or what have you. And in our, it's that seldom happens in 2020 or whatever, because there's so many stations, so much content, but in the sports world, it's just working out where there's no other real content coming out. So everyone in sports is focused on the bulls and this documentary and moreover ESPN is doing how many articles on their website about it uh, that basically the whole country in the sports world is just talking about the same topic. It's pretty fascinating. And it's kind of like a throwback. What kind of stuff are you uh, working on right now for the next uh, week or so? Well, one story I'm, I'm having a bunch of fun with is, and then this is a story I probably would have done coronavirus or not is um it's called a uh, tops project 2020 have you heard about this joe it's this uh baseball card project that tops is doing and they have 20 artists and 20 cards uh in fact your guy frank thomas i believe is is one of the cards um and they have like a like bob gibson 1959 uh mariano rivera one whatever one season jackie robinson 1952 and the 20 artists redo the card with their own twist. Huh. And yeah, so, uh, and, and they reveal them two per day for basically the entire duration of the year 2020. And you can buy them online, um, but just that day. They, uh, they, and then they only release, so if they sell 1,000 Bob Gibsons, there's only, they only print 1,000 Bob Gibsons. Um, and then, and that's it. So it's really fascinating. So what I'm getting at is there's 20, you know, renowned artists doing different versions of the same Bob Gibson baseball card. So that's, uh, something I'm writing about for the Sunday post dispatch. Very nice. And, uh, of course, not, uh, not this Monday, but next Monday, Memorial day, we will, uh, be releasing our latest episode of off the wall 
with uh, with you right now here on Clabes Online, so people can get a tour of your uh, your home and <laughs> see some of the uh, memorabilia that you've picked up over the years. If you if you're fascinated by random sports memorabilia worth between six to eight dollars, tune in. <laughs> Benjamin Hockman of the Post Dispatch. Thank you so much, man. Good hearing your voice, Joe. Take care, man. Benjamin Hockman of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, our guest there on Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura here on ClabesOnline.com. Also, we're sponsored by the Inskip Law Firm. Hey, Corey Inskip at the Inskip Law Firm. He is, uh, well, trying to help you out in these, uh, in the, in these times right now as... Well, you know, everything is is changing. There's a lot of concerns, a lot of people wondering about, uh, well, that you know, the fact that life can change in an instant, and it's caused many people to realize that estate planning is essential. Corey Inskip at the Inskip Law Firm is here to help with everything from trust and wills to power of attorney, deeds and probate, and also they have systems in place to service your needs without having to meet in person. Corey is, uh, well, he's very technologically advanced, and he's going to help you any way that he can. They also offer flat fees so you know exactly what you are paying ahead of time, and they make the entire process easy. That's Corey Inskip at the Inskip Law from 314-818-0344. That's 314-818-0344. And remember, the choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertising. As I said, this is Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. We will uh, take a uh, short break, and when we come back, Lou Korak of NHL.com joins us right here. This is Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, right here on ClavesOnline.com. Hey, have you thought about uh, buying or selling your home here in St. Louis? Well, Kevin Miller with Caldwell Banker Gundaker, he can help you out in doing so. Been selling and buying homes for well, a few decades now. You can call him at 314-503-4999. That's 314-503-4999. That's Kevin Miller with Caldwell Banker Gundaker. <laughs> And welcome back in to Weekend Joe here on ClabesOnline.com, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura as we continue rolling on with our guest list today from NHL.com. He's our friend Lou Korak, and he joins us now. Lou, what's going on, man? How are you? Joe, I didn't think I had any friends, but thanks for calling me one, though. <laughs> I got you know we are sitting. I, I gotta I gotta get what your feelings are right now on you know we're sitting here. It's May fifteenth when we're recording this, and I, I'm sure that your timeline and all of your memories that right now are going back to a year ago. At this time, the Blues were taking on the San Jose Sharks, and it is just you know day after day you're getting another memory of where you were and what you were covering a year ago during that Blues run. Yeah, I'll tell you what, and it's, uh, I'll be quite honest with you, and, you know, for their sake, good thing I was wrong. Uh, at this time last year, I thought perhaps the series was over because of the uh, the entire blown hand pass incident I thought was really going to doom this team, and uh, <laughs> quite the contrary, it actually fueled their fire even more, and, you know, instead of uh, just going into a shell and, you know, curling up and calling it a year they actually said the heck with this and uh 
went out and blew the blew the roof off the top and outscored San Jose what 12 to 2 over the next 3 days or next 3 games and uh wrapped the series up in rapid fashion actually and uh it's, it was uh it was it was quite an experience to deal with something you know of that magnitude um in that setting um the importance of it uh, that just completely went against them at the time, and uh, they uh, they made something of it, which uh, I don't think many of us expected. And uh, lo and behold, we know what the end result was at, at the conclusion of all this. Yeah, I mean, the, the hand pass was just one of the many moments as you go back and you look at, I mean, you could really go back to starting in January when Jordan Bennington came out and had a shutout in his first game. And then you just look at how the season progresses. And then the postseason, just it was a resilient team. And now when you look back on it, you just can, you know, you can say there was no way this team was ever going to lose the Stanley Cup. Well, it's, it's the stuff that books are made of, right? I mean, yeah. You know, you're talking about worst to first and uh, the fashion that they did it in. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, Joe, to be honest with you, when you when you look at the complexity of it, um, you know, who's really surprised at what they did? I mean, if you go back to free agency and what Doug Armstrong did and uh, making the trade for Ryan O'Reilly and the reinforcements that he brought in, not to say that. You know, this was expected of them, but they were at least expected to compete for the cup and w- with the group that they had. And, uh, you know, they just kind of took a roundabout uh, adventurous fashion in order to get there. I mean, it's uh, like I said, it's stuff that books are made of. And uh, one day we'll be able to talk about this 20, 30, 40 years, however, you know, however long we're going to be a alive to be able to talk about this and continue to reminisce uh about it and still be amazed at how it happened Uh, it's 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 fascinating and yeah that we've had plenty of time here to kind of digest even more what happened how it happened with uh the nhl on pause right now and uh it's it's great to go over that stuff because you know you pick out certain moments and you're just like wow that really happened and uh there were a lot of those wow moments for that group yeah, and you know, you you look at this year when the season was stopped short, and the Blues were were on their way. They were going to be fighting for that number one seed in in the playoffs this year, and they they definitely were positioning themselves for another fun run in in the postseason, and another you know, hopefully two months of giving you something to write about. Yeah, it's it's not easy to do. Let's 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 face it, and I know. You know, it was recently here when Pittsburgh went back to back in what 20, 2016 and twenty seventeen, and it's pretty rare. You know, it's only what the second time in the last twenty years that it's actually happened, and uh, it just it doesn't happen, and uh, it just goes to show you how hard and how difficult this trophy is to win, and you know all, all the all the work that you have to put into an eighty two game regular season, and then potentially play up to another 28 Stanley Cup playoff games, which the Blues almost did. I mean, they played 26 games, so they almost ran the gamut of games here in order to win this thing last year and to be able to come back off of a uh, short offseason and not necessarily pick up where you left off because, you know, even though the personnel wasn't changed a whole lot, um, you had a lot of downtime there where guys were looking forward to the rest and got their rest, but 
had that quick turnaround to, you know, try to get things ramped up again. And yeah, they were first in the West and Craig Berube had them humming along and, you know, Colorado was right there nipping at their heels, but it was going to be a fantastic finish here to the end. And it still could be, it's just uh, one of these unprecedented ways of, uh, of doing this. And uh, nobody quite expected that we're going to go through what we're experiencing right now, but uh, you know, there's still that hope that, the season can get finished and uh, they can crown a Stanley Cup champion. And, uh, you know, the Blues certainly feel like uh, even with the group that they have and the time that they've had off now that they still have a chance where they can possibly uh, put in a repeat performance. You're still doing stuff with NHL.com. Have you talked to any of the Blues players during this past, uh, I guess, these past two months now? Very few, just, you know, limited communication here. Obviously, they've had, you know, the league has done a number of uh, Zoom conferences where you're able to hear and speak. Just every once in a while, you send out a, you know, a text just saying, "Hey, how are you?" You know, and uh, I've I've had a few ideas of stories that uh, I would like to do, but you know, for the most part, just giving these guys their time and their space and ability to, uh, you know, bond with their families and keep things close knit in that regard. But uh, yeah, everybody seems to be doing well that uh, I've had contact with. A lot of them have stayed here in town, and uh, there have been uh, initially a few of them did wind up going back to their respective homes. And from my understanding, a few more of them, uh, as as time went on here, wound up going back home. But uh, a, a great number of them are still here in St. Louis and uh, for the most part doing well and just kind of uh, like you and I and everybody else just waiting and uh, wondering what's going to happen here. Yeah, so we're, I mean, it's its funny right now. We're sitting here and we're, we're seeing reports from the NHL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball as far as when they're going to start playing. And all three seem to have their own separate ideas. It's not just one kind of simple answer that we're, that we're seeing. So with the NHL, which of the, I guess, what makes the most sense to get back on the ice and finish up this season? Because there, there's a lot of factors that play into uh, getting this going. It's really tough to say right now uh, because there have been so many ideas that have been bandied about right now. And, uh, you know, a lot of them make sense, but probably the one that makes the most sense right now is, uh, uh, and, and, and I know players would rather not do it. Owners would rather not do it. The league would rather not do it. But it's just the times that we're faced in. And that's uh, playing in front of uh, empty arenas and and probably doing so in pod cities because it's going to be extremely difficult to, you know, get all 31 cities up and running again. And obviously we know what's going on up in Canada. It's a little bit little bit more strict and uh, stringent right now as far as uh, availability and uh, opening up and whatnot. So you're probably looking at uh, pod cities where they're going to finish this up and again in front of uh, empty arenas, which is going to be strange because I'll be quite honest with you, you know, we've had some experience now with, you know, WWE is given us a glimpse of uh, what it's like to play in front of or perform in front of empty arenas as they've done and MMA just recently did the same thing, and I got to tell you, man, it was uh, it was strange. It it just reaffirmed my belief that uh, sports is uh, I don't want to say nothing without fans, but man, uh, darn near close. No yeah. fans in the stands. It, it's hard to swallow and it's hard to fathom, but I think that's the road that we're headed in here right now. 
you you mentioned that and i'm a as you know i'm a big wrestling guy a big wwe guy and so much of the crowd reaction has to do you know when they're in there cutting promos and now i have this image in my head of brett hall standing under the arch cutting the we went blues promo (laughs) in front of nobody (laughs) yeah it's crazy it really is i mean you're right i mean think about it i mean you're you get a goal scored and other than you know maybe some reaction from the maybe you'll hear some fainted uh cheers from the bench and the guys on the ice but that's it that i'm i'm just i'm just trying to get this visual and and hearing knowledge in my head and and i'm having a hard time wrapping my head around this but you know that's you know think of baseball you know you're going to you're going to hear the crack of the bat even more and uh just uh, the ball hitting the mitt, you know, you're just going to hear these reverberating sounds without people in the stands. And you're just going to be like, man, this just something's just not right about this. But, you know, if if we're going to have some semblance of sports, I think for the time being, this is where we're headed. And until, uh, you know, they, they get a they get a grasp on this thing. And uh, like I said, it's going to be unfortunate. But, uh, you know, if if people want live sports nowadays, this is probably something they're going to have to get used to for the time being. How would you uh, how would you assess how Gary Bettman has handled this as far as a uh, as far as the commissioners of all these sports are going? Just you know, in the comments that he's made, and you know, I'm sure there's a lot of things that have gone on behind closed doors, but I believe he's determined to get this thing done. And I mean. You have to think of uh, revenues from a, a league standpoint. You know, when you're talking about numbers that are that have been thrown out there, I've heard you know a half a billion to anywhere from one billion to one point one billion dollars in lost revenue if you don't finish the year. I don't know about you, man, but that's that's a lot of that's a lot of coin <laughs> in my book. So um, that's something that I'm you know the NHL wants to recoup, wants to get a grasp on you're probably not going to be able to you know recoup all that and all that money because you know quite a bit of uh, their revenue is uh, revolved around uh, you know ticket gates and and whatnot and what have you not if you're not going to have fans in the stands well you know you're not going to have that uh, avenue to take advantage of so uh, I believe he wants to get this done he wants to get it done as close to what you can call normal as possible and if there's any way possible of finishing up the regular season and uh, conducting conducting a playoffs. I believe that's what they want to do. But, you know, there have been other contingency ideas that they've thrown out there, including, you know, maybe a, a 2014 playoff uh, where you have playing games and shorter, shorter series and whatnot and enabling these guys because they've been off for over two months now. And there's going to have to be some sort of an abbreviated training camp here where these guys are going to have to get together to get themselves back into uh, into game form again. So you're probably looking at three weeks there if, if you can squeeze all that in. And then it's going to obviously affect next season where they're talking about starting the 2020-21 season in December. So a lot of factors are going into this. Nothing is uh, definitive yet, but uh, the league continues to work hard on trying to come up with a solution to get this done. I don't believe the idea of, canceling the season has been broached yet but you know time continues to tick here and the more time that uh, goes on and uh, it gives you less time to squeeze all this stuff in you got to kind of start thinking of the big picture and I guess the big picture would also have to include uh, canceling the season if you have to 
Now, with both the NBA and the NHL, there has been talk of adjusting when future season starts. Now, and one of the issues would be to maybe kind of stagger them to where the playoffs aren't going on at the exact same time as we've seen in recent years. I would imagine the NHL, if anything, would be starting earlier or maybe not moving that because you it, it's really hard in some of these cities to probably have playoff hockey in July or August with uh, ice conditions, right? 100%. And I mean, you know, you, you have to look at building availability is a big thing, too. And a lot of these franchises are uh, in cities where there are multiple sports and you're, you know, just off the top of my head, Chicago shares a building with the Bulls. Uh, you've got uh, what you've got in, up in Toronto. You've got two teams, you know, the, the you've got the Leafs and you've got uh, the Raptors, I believe, sharing the same building. Uh I, you know, I'm probably missing a number here. Uh, you, well, you've got you've got the Lakers and you've got the Kings that share the same building and the Clippers. There's three yeah. teams there to share a building. So a lot of that plays into effect here. Obviously, that's that's not an issue here in St. Louis. But, uh, you know, with uh, with Blues ownership, uh, they, they rely heavily on on uh, outside sources, including concerts. And like you had mentioned, you know, WWE comes here to St. Louis and there, there, there's just so many different factors. And I find that, I find that tough to be able to do, just like you said, from a, from a building perspective where July and August and ice just somehow <laughs> the two don't go hand yeah. in hand. And, uh, you know, we were, you know, that's the first time we had dealt with a Stanley cup final where, you know, there's, there's hockey being played in St. Louis in mid to, or early to mid June. And even at that time it, it, it was hot weather outside. And there were times, you know, even for like game six, when it was played here, I was starting to think, man, how is this going to affect the ice? And, you know, I know the ice crew there had to uh, do a few altering things in order to make sure it went off smoothly. And it did, but that's just something that you're not used to. And, you know, you have teams that are given a, a week's bye week or, or, you know, is, is the P you know, that's something that the PA got instilled into into the current uh, collective bargaining agreement are, are they gonna are they willing to give that up uh, you've got you know the time off for the all-star game or are you are you gonna be willing to give that up uh, I, I just don't see it happening this the season the 82 game season is cramped up into a, a certain window as it is uh, I kind of find it hard to believe that uh, they're gonna try to start it later or even start it start it sooner because you know, when are you going to be able to find the dates to do all this? It's hard enough as it is right now. I just don't see that happening. Well, we will, we will. Uh, we'll continue to check in and see what uh, what the latest is as we wait for hockey to return at some point, Lou. Uh, hopefully it's uh, sooner than, than later, and hopefully they do decide to uh, have some kind of postseason or – but if not, you know, as Kenny Albert told me last week, until a new Stanley Cup champion is crowned, the Blues are the reigning Stanley Cup champions, and no one can take that away from them. It's got a good ring to it for a lot of fans around here, and a lot of people I hear from, they continue to uh, kind of reaffirm that, that, well, you know what, if we don't finish, uh, the Blues will continue to be the defending Stanley Cup champions, and we're perfectly okay with that. Lou, thank you so much, man. We'll talk soon. Okay, Joe, thanks for having me. That was Lou Korak from NHL.com. Hopefully, uh, sooner than later, he'll be back 
writing something about the Blues actually being on the ice to wrap up the 2020 season. This is Weekend Joe, driven by Munganash St. Louis Acura, right here on ClavesOnline.com, and we're sponsored by Kevin Miller with Caldwell Banker Gundaker. Give him a call, 314-503-4999. That's 314-503-4999. And uh, Kevin Miller, he's still out there. He's still helping folks buy and sell their homes. Uh, Just posted a uh, few this past week out in uh, St. Charles, that he uh, that he had also had a uh, another one that he was uh, actually a few I should say out in St. Charles and Fenton that he is posting all of them at smartmovestl.com that's smartmovestl.com you can find all of Kevin Miller's uh, houses right there and see which one best suits you before you hit him up and have him uh, well help you out and tell you just exactly how they're going about doing the home buying home selling process process during uh, all of these uh, during these times so kevin miller with caldwell banker gundaker another great sponsor here on weekend joe we take another break when we come back hey we're going to check in with ricky o'donnell see how that western illinois university a virtual basketball team is doing we've had him on a few times we're going to check in with him again right here on weekend joe driven by munganass st louis acura here on claves online Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura here on ClavesOnline.com, now the exclusive home of Weekend Joe. Hey, St. Louis Acura has received the Precision Team Award 28 times more than any other Acura dealership in the United States. They have been serving the St. Louis area since 1986, located at 13720 Manchester Road in St. Louis. They are your premier realtor of new and used Acura vehicles in the nation. That is Munganess. St. Louis Acura, the title sponsor here of Weekend Joe, now on ClavesOnline.com. And we're back here on Weekend Joe, driven by Munganess St. Louis Acura, exclusively on Claves Online. And we've had this guy on a few times since we've switched over to Claves Online because, well, it's near and dear to me with the Western Illinois Leathernecks. He is Ricky O'Donnell, and he joins us now. Ricky, what's going on, man? How are you? What's up, Joe? I'm good. I um before we get in so you know people that have listened to the show people that have listened especially to these interviews and have followed your work know that you have been doing the uh, the simulation with Western Illinois University in NBA 2 or NCAA 2K8 that's uh right yeah 2008 right yep yeah so it's uh it's a, a bit of a dated game but as many people know, the uh, the rules of college video games have uh, have limited what access we have to that. But before we get into uh, everything, Western Illinois, the basketball program, it, it's almost like they've felt the pressure of the attention you've given them. And they went out and made a uh, pretty decent hire this past weekend for their actual basketball program. You being a Chicago area guy are very familiar with uh, Nick Irvin of the uh, Chicago Public uh, Public League. Yeah, I would say that Nick Irvin, he was the head coach of Morgan Park, uh, Morgan Park High School, probably one of the top two or three most prestigious basketball programs 
uh, in Chicago, right there with Simeon, right there with Whitney Young. In the last few years, Morgan Park has produced a bunch of really good players. Io DeSumo, who was the star guard for Illinois the last two seasons, he went there. Charlie Moore was player of the year out of Morgan Park as a senior. He went to Cal. He transferred to Kansas. Now he's at DePaul. Uh, they've just had a lot of really good players at Morgan Park. The Irvin family is also Chicago basketball royalty. They run the Mac Irvin Fire AAU program, which is on Nike's EYBL circuit. So I would say that, like, no one, basically no one has connections to Chicago high school basketball like the Irvins. Uh, I couldn't believe that Nick Irvin took the job at Western Illinois, an assistant job, but uh, you know, Rob Jeter, the head coach at Western Illinois, is a Chicago guy. Uh, man, and if they can turn around Western Illinois, I mean, no one's ever been able to do that before. So I think that like that would be an immediate profile raise for both of them if they can get some positive momentum going. Uh, it's pretty crazy that, you know, as soon as I started this series, Western Illinois actually made real headlines with their basketball program. And, you know, congrats to uh, Coach Jeter and congrats to Nick Irvin for uh, getting it done. Yeah, it's uh, when I saw that and started reading into the uh, the background of it, it, it is a uh, it does seem like a pretty big move. And now you just have to be able to uh, convince those kids to come down to uh, Macomb, Illinois and play basketball for uh, during the winter months in a uh in the middle of uh oh well, the middle of West Central Illinois, so not the uh, not the easiest sell, but hopefully those are the guys in place that can do it. So you uh so you have moved your you we we talked about this last time. You moved your article over to Substack, a, uh, your Substack page. People can still follow you on Twitter and follow everything along with that at SBNation underscore Ricky and. The, uh, the the following that you got over to Substack, I imagine, is more than what you probably expected when you started writing articles about a video game. Yeah, it's been pretty tight. I'm pulling up the numbers right now, and we have 7,441 people on the email list. So, uh, I mean, I don't. it's hard for me to tell what's good or what's bad, but I've been really happy with uh, the response to the series, and it's made it really fun to do. And uh, the live stream that we did on Saturday is as embarrassing as this is to say, probably one of the most memorable nights I've had in the last like 10 years. <laughs> one of those memorable nights of my life. It was crazy. Uh, just like so much feedback. I did it on Twitch. The live stream chat was just like super popping the entire night. People were so enthusiastic. Then I had a huge response on Twitter as well. It was just like every time I looked, I had 25 more notifications. John Hollinger, of all people, was even tweeting about uh, my fictional center, Deke Van. After the game, we win the national championship. An apparel company reaches out to me, makes Deke Van t-shirts. I start standing on my coffee table chugging Malort out of the bottle because, I mean, I just won the national championship <laughs> Western Illinois. What else am I going to do? Uh, so really just a funny this has been a really funny experience like uh i'm gonna keep it going the goal of the series was to win the national title we did that in year eight uh the game gives you 40 seasons so i plan to go all 40 seasons and i said like in the most recent post when we published year nine which is the championship defense year we lost four starters you can read that at rickyodonald.substack.com i don't know if i should spoiler alert it uh but that was a fun year uh but yeah, like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to win the national title again, like, to be totally honest, like, 
a few of my friends were texting me like, oh, well, now, like, you're just going to win every year and everyone's going to, you're going to, like, be the villain. And I'm like, no, dude, like, I got, like, lucky to win the national title in year eight with that team because they were good. They weren't, like, super loaded. Uh, my team this next year that I'm currently playing, I haven't written about it yet in year 10, is much better than the team that won the national title. Uh, but I'm not particularly confident they're actually going to win at all. We'll see what happens. That'll probably come out on Tuesday, I'm thinking. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's been crazy. I plan to keep it going. If you want to follow the series, I'm at Twitter at SBN underscore Ricky. Uh, and then it's RickyO'Donnell.substack.com to subscribe for free email updates. Yeah, and uh, you... you uh... We've talked about this before. Big Cat from Barstool is doing a similar thing with NCAA football, but he's actually playing the games. You are hands off. You are just putting this together and you're letting the guys go out there on the court. So when you're sitting there and watching that, you have absolutely no control over what is uh, what is happening. And as you are as you're watching that, I mean, what, what kind of thoughts are going through your head? Mostly, I get mad at the substitution patterns. Like, in the season I just published, year 10, uh, I guess at this point, whatever, I'll just say it. Like, we lose to Bama, who's the top seed. We lose in the round of 32. And I'm freaking out at the TV because my guards are playing 38 minutes each when I had it set on, like, 31, 32 minutes. So, uh, I mean, that's kind of funny. And then, like, you know, you set the defense and stuff. And we won the national title going man-to-man defense with a 1-2-2 zone as our secondary. The 1-2-2 zone, like, just leaves the corners so open for three-pointers. So I have switched that going into year 10. We're going with a 2-3 zone as our secondary defense. Uh, And, yeah, we're going to keep it going. Has recruiting gotten easier for you? Uh, yeah. So I landed my first five star out of high school who was from Indianapolis, uh, point guard, Billy Isel. So I would say it has gotten easier. I don't know if that's going to continue to maintain. Uh, but I guess, you know, we were riding that national championship push. We landed the five star point guard the year after he's going to be a total stud. Like he's probably going to get up to like a 95 rating or something, probably be the best player in program history, unless he jumps early to the draft. Uh, but yeah, I think recruiting has started to get a little easier. And then I'm going to have a really big recruiting class coming up after year 11 or during year 11. I think I'm going to have to land like five guys again to replace uh, the last big class. So we'll see if I can pull that off. It's definitely going to be a challenge. and It is by no means like locked in that I'm going to get it done, but we'll see. With uh, with scheduling, I saw in year nine that you uh, you went back and you you still have Illinois on the schedule. You played Kansas again after beating them in the national championship game. Have you decided which way you want to go with uh, with scheduling now that you are this national championship program? Do you want to still keep stacking the schedule or do you want to uh, do you want to put some cream puffs on there? No, I want to stack the schedule because the cream puffs is going to be in the summit league. I wish there was conference realignment so that I could like jump up to a better conference. That's not the case Uh, for this upcoming season year 10. If you read year nine, you saw the schedule. I only scheduled big 10 teams. So I scheduled like 10 big 10 teams in the non-conference portion of the schedule. So, uh, you know, I wish I could jump up Western Illinois to the big 10. That would be really fun. I wish I could like renovate the gym and do some of that stuff, but Uh, I can't, so I'm just going to, you know, keep taking down the big boys of college basketball, I guess, with the Leathernecks. 
Deke Van, your most outstanding player, has graduated. Are you able to uh, to to save these draft classes? Like, if you were to go back and grab an old version of NBA 2K, would you be able to put Deke Van in the NBA and follow that career as well? Yeah, that's funny. Uh, people have mentioned that to me, so I could do that. Deke Van did not get drafted, though. He went undrafted, so I'm assuming that he's playing for like the Fort Wayne Mad Ants in the G League right now, and. <laughs> Uh, you know, maybe he goes to play some international ball. But Nelke, Giovanni Nelke, my two guard, he was the first player in program history to get drafted. Uh, he was a second round pick, I believe. So I could do that. I haven't gotten that far yet. Honestly, this thing is like really time consuming, as ridiculous really? as it sounds, because it takes a while just to play the game. And then like it takes, you know, there's another added element of time to be like documenting everything while it happens. And then I'm taking photos, I'm taking all these notes, and then uh, what's really time-consuming is watching the tournament game. So each of those games takes about an hour, and then I videotape them on my phone, and then I go back and piece them together later. So people have proposed that I should start uploading the draft classes and, like, playing out. I'm like, man, this is too much. Like, I'm giving you Western Illinois. Uh, We're going to try to make Western Illinois the greatest college basketball program of all time. What was UCLA before John Wooden? What was Gonzaga before Mark Few? What was Duke before Coach K? Nothing. What, what was Western before Ricky Charisma? Exactly. So that's going to be the goal. I'm going to try to stay 40 years. I'm going to try to win as many national titles as I can. I did switch it up where before I was only streaming in the Final Four, and now I'm going to start streaming in the Sweet 16. So if we go to the Sweet 16, we're going to have another stream party. Uh, if you were at the last one, it was just really a lot of fun. So uh, hopefully we can keep the good vibes going. Hopefully people stick with it. That's uh, that's awesome to hear. We will keep following your uh, your work. I, I really do like we're reading these articles. And I was I was there. I, I was watching. I have switched over now. So this is how obsessed I've become with watching these video games on Twitch. It used to be just watching it on my phone while I was watching another uh, another show on the actual TV. I have now downloaded Twitch onto my Xbox, and I'm watching stuff on my actual TV now on Twitch. That is... That is where quarantine has uh, has gotten me. Cool. I haven't gotten that far yet, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure I'll be right there with you the longer this thing lasts. It's just it's so nice to have it on the big screen. It it really is, and it. Uh, but yeah, no, it's like watching a real uh, a real live game, and it's uh, it, it has it has replaced sports for uh, for now. So I appreciate the work that you and others are putting into your uh, to your live streaming of Twitch games. Sounds good, man. Ricky, I appreciate you jumping on with me again. Uh, we will uh, we'll do it again soon as, uh, as the Western Illinois Leathernecks uh, keep on fighting. We're going to win another ship. Thanks for having me on, Joe. Thank you. Again, that's Ricky O'Donnell. Uh, he had the, uh, he did, really, I mean, like the pride of Western Illinois right now without being an alum for uh, what he has done to that Leathernecks, that virtual Leathernecks basketball program. A, uh, well, a continued guest here on Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, here now exclusively on ClavesOnline.com and also sponsored by Collinsville Auto Body. 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville is where you can find the folks at Collinsville Auto Body, helping you get back on the road fast after uh, any kind of mishap, uh, accident, or whatnot. They can help out with any of that at Collinsville Auto Body. Come back with Crack Slippers after this. It's Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, exclusively here on Claves Online.
Recent events have shown that life can turn in an instant. This has caused many people to realize that estate planning is essential. The Inskip Law Firm is here to help with everything from trusts and wills to power of attorney, deeds, and probate. They have systems in place to service your needs without having to have an in-person consultation, flat fees so that you know what you're paying ahead of time, and they make the whole process easy. Call now, 314-818-0344. Just a quick chat and you decide together what services are right for your situation. That's the Inskip Law Firm, I-N-S-K-I-P. And remember, the choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertising. Final segment here of Weekend Joe, driven by Munganess St. Louis Acura here on ClavesOnline.com. You just heard interviews, Polo Asensio, Benjamin Hockman, Luke Horak, Ricky O'Donnell, all over the past uh, hour plus here on the uh, this week's program. Got another good program lined up for you next Saturday, too. That we'll uh, we'll post more about throughout the uh, throughout the week. So, wanted to uh, just wanted to make sure that you're well aware of that coming up over the uh, over the next week. Hey, this is uh, Weekend Joe, uh, the Inskip Law Firm, a uh, fine sponsor here on the radio program. And uh, Andy, we forgot again to do open her up, and I didn't do it with any of my guests today either because. I was so uh, we had so much going on and that I, I you know he is going to be, uh, you know, he's going to be upset with me that Corey and Skip and I need to make sure that I deliver with him on uh, on this. But Corey and Skip wants to let you know that due to recent events that's shown that life can turn in an instant. That's caused many people to realize that estate planning is essential. The Inskip law firm is there to help you. Uh, they have plans in place so you don't have to have an in-person consultation. They also offer flat fees so you know what you're paying ahead of time. The Inskip Law Firm at 314-818-0344. That's 314-818-0344. Just a, a quick chat for you to decide together what services are right in your situation. Uh, Andy, let's uh, let's fire up the radio, the uh, end of the radio or podcast program and uh, do some crack slippers, huh? Sure thing. Hey, some stories just aren't meant to hit the mainstream news. We picked those stories up here on Weekend Joe. These are the Crack Slippers with Joe Roderick. I uh, I just quickly wanted to mention this one uh, for all you video gamers out there. This was never a game that I really cared much about playing or whatever, but I know that people are very excited over the fact that Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 uh, they are. It is, he is coming out with a new video game. Uh, Tony Hawk is coming out with a new release coming in September. On top of that, Andy, I know you'd be excited about this. 2K Sports has announced a new golf game also coming out this uh, this fall as well. So two video games coming out that sports fans will uh, will be very happy about. I believe this is the first golf game that's come out since Rory uh, since Rory McIlroy golf in like 2015. What about the uh, the other one? There's uh, the PGA. I have it here on my computer. The uh, golf club. Oh, I, I'm talking like the PGA. Like that is those. I mean, is that like PGA? Like do you get to play with PGA players and. Oh no, that's just your own players playing different courses. Yeah, so I don't know exactly how this one is is going to work, but I know that it's going to be. Uh, I, I know that 
folks are are probably very excited over the fact that it's uh it's a new Tony Hawk game and a new PGA game for uh for people's uh listening uh listener playing pleasure. What I need to get is a new uh I need to get a new gaming console. You've been saying that for weeks. Just go out and just order one. You just you just need to order one. I want to wait for the PS5 to come out. I don't know if I want to spend that much though. I'm I'm really just more really more of a casual gamer so I I don't know when the PS5 is uh, supposed to be coming out. Well, I'm sure it'll be out by Christmas. You think so? Oh, yeah. Mm, okay. For that holiday shopping season, Joe. All right. I mean, I'm going to... I'll definitely... I, 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 I'm glad I have the Xbox. I Sometimes I do wish I had the PS4, but I am... I'm glad I, I do have the... Uh, I, I, the Xbox is fine. I, I'm fine with it. I... I you know, the PS4 is definitely the one I was looking at was more expensive. So that's probably why I went with the Xbox, but right. I'm fine with it. I, 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 especially during quarantine, I'm very, very happy. I have it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, uh, Andy, uh, sad news in crack slippers. I don't know if you saw that uh, this week, but just the, uh, just the other day, uh, Mary Pratt passed away. She was the last surviving original member of the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League Rockford Peaches. And she died uh, earlier about a week or so ago in May at the age of 101. Wow. Yeah. One of my favorite movies, I know it's kind of a chick flick, but I, I do love that movie. I think Tom Hanks is absolutely hilarious. Most people hang on, the, uh, hang on to the there's no crying in baseball line from that movie. One of my favorite moments from that movie is when uh, I think it's the first game of the season. He's standing out there and the owner tells him, just go out there and, and tip your cap and, and nod and, uh, and, and just smile and, and be happy that you have a job. And he goes out there and he tips his cap, but he's kind of gritting his teeth and just kind of mumbling some obscenities at the crowd. You know, screw me guys. <laughs> what, uh, what was the name of the, uh, of, of the child, the, the, the child in that movie? Oh my God! Played by, played by the guy who played um, Francis in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and also, hey, it's Enrico Palazzo. That's how he's officially credited in The Naked Gun. Really? I can't think of that guy's name. Uh, give me a second to think about. I'm on it, it. I'm on it right now. I'm uh, so I'm on this. I'm on there. The Wikipedia right now for that. So uh, Stillwell. Stillwell. Stillwell, yeah. because at the very end, when they're at the Hall of Fame, and he says, he walks up to Dottie. Hi, Dottie. Do you remember me? She kind of looks, and she goes, yeah, and she goes, Stillwell Angel. And I think that's what his mother called him, Stillwell Angel, all the time. <laughs> yeah. So that was, uh, that. yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the, the ones with him when, uh, when Tom Hanks was mean to him. Yes. <laughs> It's, it's so, funny when adults are mean to young children that aren't theirs. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, 101 years old. She uh, she passed away. The last member of the uh, Rockford Peaches, and that also brings me to a uh, another death that happened this past week. I, I want to say it was Monday morning. Uh, was it Monday morning? Woke up to the news of Jerry Stiller passing away at the age of 92 years old. Andy, you are uh, very aware that my favorite sitcom on TV is The King of Queens. I still watch it. Right. All I, almost. I mean, probably Andy four or five times a week, uh, nights a week. I will watch King of Queens on TV Land now, 
And as I, I, I guess now is the best time to make this argument and have this discussion because when he passed away, I saw many people talking about how he was famous from Seinfeld. No, his best role was definitely as Arthur Spooner in the uh, in King of Queens. He was in 195 episodes of King of Queens. He was in 27 episodes of Seinfeld. Wow. Yeah. I didn't yeah. realize he was in that many episodes of that show. Yeah, no. oh, I mean, he was in. I mean, I, I think there was a brief there was a brief time where he might have had some health issues that they they wrote him out of episodes. And it's always funny because they will go out of their way to mention where he is. They like where Arthur is that episode, whether he's upstate <laughs> or he's at the senior center or he's with his friend Mickey. And they make a point to basically like the one of the very first scenes to let you know, like, hey, nope, Arthur's not going to be here today. <laughs> and they go out and you're like, okay, not an Arthur episode, but the, I mean, the, the, the way that he just interacts and works with so many different characters on that show is, is phenomenal given, I mean, at the time too, I mean, you got to think he was in his late sixties, early seventies at the time. I mean, that was out how, I mean, God, I, I've been trying to think, I mean, was that out just 15 years ago? So if he was 92, I mean, he would have been in his seventies. He would have. During like, that, you know, late seventies, like 77, 15 years ago. Yeah. And he's, uh, you know, he, he's just still as sharp as ever in that. And if you go back and watch it, and I, I think this is common knowledge if you're a fan of the show, but in the Spence's Spence Ultron played by Pat Oswald, his mom, Spence's mom in the show is Ann Mira, who is the wife of Jerry Stiller, the mom of Ben Stiller. And the back and forth that those two have in that show, because the character of Arthur is just repulsed by Spence's mom, knowing yeah. that that's actually his wife, it, it's just, it makes it even funnier. Are they, are, are, are Arthur and Frank Costanza similar characters? <sighs> I, as far as being loud, Right. Yes. I, like, I just like Arthur would have never invented Festivus. He would have claimed that he invented it years ago because one of the running jokes is that Arthur Spooner probably had about a hundred jobs in his lifetime and they only lasted two, three weeks before he got fired. <laughs> like, but the the ideas that he has for things and just some of the stuff, they are, yes, very similar characters. I think a different temperament, I think, would be the best way to uh, to say that about it. And then another thing, too. So Ben Stiller's sister, the daughter of Jerry Stiller and Ann Mira, is also in a few episodes of King of Queens. Um, if you're familiar with it, whenever it's not many, I mean, maybe less than 10 maybe more than five episodes just a if you see the redhead the curly redhead haired redhead in any of the episodes that is their daughter um and she's in a few of the episodes of king of queen as well i think ben stiller was only in one maybe two episodes of uh, of king of queens so it's uh it was definitely a a you know fun show that they that ann mira and jerry stiller did together and now they're together once again as she passed away uh, a few years ago but i was uh you know i i knew that he was getting up there in age and 
being 92 years old, I know shouldn't really come as a huge surprise, but you know, it, it sucked because of the years of joy and entertainment that he has brought me for that character. Yeah, I know that you're a big fan of the show. I've seen, I've only seen a handful of episodes of the program. I, and I've always, and, and which is odd because I'm actually a, a pretty big fan of Kevin James. I think he's a very, very funny comedian. But uh, yeah, I, I figured that would probably, I thought about you when, uh, when I heard that he died because I thought he'd be pretty sad about that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, 92 years old, he will, uh, he'll definitely be missed, but plenty of memories that uh, will remain. Of Jerry Stiller, Andy. That's going to uh, do it for our show today. Ready? Had a uh, yeah. Already had a uh, oh, another nice oh, guest oh, list. Oh, we're yeah. two hours long. <laughs> <laughs> had a uh, had another nice guest list today, and hopefully uh, all of those that listened enjoyed the heck out of everything that we were able to bring you. Lots coming forth on Klabes Online this next week. So hopefully you uh, you continue to check everything out that we post on Klabes Online. Follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. We, we have it all along with being able to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and on iTunes. Plenty of ways to stay involved with everything we are doing on Klabes Online. Could possibly be a big week for Major League Baseball as well. So we'll have everything right there for you on uh, ClabesOnline.com. For Andy Hanselman, I am Joe Roderick. This has been Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, right here on ClabesOnline.com. We'll see you next week. Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, here on ClabesOnline.com, now the exclusive home of Weekend Joe. Hey, St. Louis Acura has received the Precision Team Award 28 times more than any other Acura dealership in the United States. They have been serving the St. Louis area since 1986, located at 13720 Manchester Road in St. Louis. They are your premier realtor of new and used Acura vehicles in the nation that is Munganess St. Louis Acura the title sponsor here of Weekend Joe now on clavesonline.com